the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's always an honor. Today is Wednesday, June the 10th, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Today on June 10, 1971, President Richard Nixon lifted two decades old trade embargo on China. Today, uh, 1692, the first execution resulting from the Salem witch trials in Massachusetts, they took place. Bridget Bishop was hanged. They had determined that she was a witch. Today in 1909, the first SOS signal was used by a ship. A ship had wrecked off the Azores, and they used the SOS. Today in 1963, President John Kennedy signed into law the Equal Pay Act of 1963. It was aimed at eliminating wage disparities based on gender. Today, in 1967, six days of war in the Middle East involving Israel, Syria, Egypt, Jordan, and Iraq. Six-day war. Israel and Syria accepted a United Nations-mediated ceasefire. Today, in 1977, James Earl Ray, he was the convicted assassin of Martin Luther King Jr., he escaped from Brushy Mountain State Prison in Tennessee along with six others. They didn't stay out long. They didn't do well on the outside. They got recaptured three days later on the 13th. Today in 2004, Ray Charles, the singer, he died in Beverly Hills. He was 73 years old. And one year ago today, the Vatican issued a an official document rejecting the idea that people can choose or change their genders. The document was, of course, quickly denounced by LGBTQ Catholics as contributing to bigotry and violence against transgender people. I suppose if the case was made against the Catholic Church, and I'm not a Catholic, nor am I defending the Church, but... I guess if the case was made against the Catholic Church on that issue, they would also be making the same case about the Bible. They have found, those that that do that for a living, they have found that the polls get more accurate the closer you get to Election Day, obviously. But it's concerning because while the left is staggering and stumbling, really not showing any kind of leadership but anger, and just yelling and shouting and defunding police departments and firing people. And, I mean, it's especially the white guys. They're trying to show that they somehow relate and they feel. I mean, it's, it's a crazy time in our country. There is chaos because there is no foundation. Many of the poly, policymakers who are particularly those who are far left, progressive, that would be Democrat politically. Those are people are running our largest cities. 
and they're making decisions based on how they feel. They're making decisions based on a very fluid, a very um, changing, evolving kind of truth, as they say. But I will tell you, I will tell you that we are in a position today where I see personally, I see a collision of chaos and arrogance and hypocrisy taking place. And it's undermining the very foundations of our nation. And that is a very, very sad situation. Michelle Obama is urging teenagers to be even angrier than they already are. She is publicly. The far left elected city council members are voting to defund and disband city police departments. And I heard somebody say yesterday, well, they'll get over this. I mean, they're going to figure out that this that's not the right thing to do. No, I don't think they're going to figure that out. The House Minority Leader, Kevin McCarthy, was on Fox News just about an hour ago and uh, in the East. And you'll see it if you watch Fox, you'll see it replayed uh, out here on the West Coast later on. But he was talking to uh, Fox and Friends, that news morning news show they have. And they were asking him about this, and, and he is the most powerful uh, Republican, the minority leader in the, in the House, uh, behind Nancy Pelosi, unfortunately. But McCarthy explained that he said in the past, Democrats have said other things were too much because Joe Biden came out yesterday finally and said, well, this is too much. We can't defund, please. So they were responding to that. But McCarthy said they always say that. He said Pelosi says that all the time. He said then they later pursue the policy. He said it's just kind of a of a kind of a matrix that they follow. He said these are the ex- exact same words that I heard Nancy Pelosi say about impeachment. Then she moved forward or Medicare for all. She said we just can't do that. It's not doable. And then he said she began to move forward. But she said. He said those are things that they start to say before they surrender to the socialists. The movement of defunding the police through the Democratic Party, he said, is stronger than impeachment or Medicare for all ever was because they're already taking actions on it while they're denying the fact that they're going to actually do it because it's going too far, too fast in their progressive worldview. I don't know. That's not encouraging, but I think we need to be informed. We need to be aware of what's going on out there. And uh, that's a part of what's going on in our world today. These are these are perilous times. There's no question, no question about it. Michelle Obama is encouraging teenagers to be even more angry than they already are. And a lot of them are very angry because they don't know what else to do. They're being fed this all kinds of stuff day in and day out. Thankfully, the public schools have been closed. I hear a lot of people calling for them to be reopened. Personally, I wouldn't care if they never reopened. And I'm a big believer in education. But that isn't education. It's, a, it's just it's become a cesspool of indoctrination with a little bit of education, I guess. But it's, it's a failed institution. Institution, as far as I'm concerned, and I don't personally see how it can ever be, ever be saved or salvaged, because the people that believe 
in what is destroying education are in charge of it for the most part. Bessie DeVos isn't. President Trump appointed her as the head of education. But, I mean, there is a deep state in public government-run education just like there is in the government. And so that's what she's been up against. She's a very smart woman and very dedicated, very committed. But she's been up against that since she was appointed to that post. So it, it's a it's a very it's a difficult situation, but it isn't hopeless. And I'll tell you why. As we talk on this morning, I realize we've been having some technical difficulties. Sadly, I thought we had that conquered. I'm very disappointed in that. But I guess we're having some this morning. I have noted, but um, we'll we'll. I want to talk to you a little bit about about this. Michelle Obama's speech, but I want to talk to you also a little bit about the hypocrisy that we see in our culture right now. And it's just on full, I mean, it's on center stage with the lights on. It's its amazing. Al Sharpton took advantage of Mr. Floyd's funeral yesterday. He did. <laughs> he was up there preaching. He's a, a reverend, Al Sharpton. And his sermon, his sermon had to contain a little bit about the NFL and about Colin Kaepernick. This was a funeral service. I don't know how many funerals or memorial services I've conducted in my life, lots of them, including for family members, uncles and so on, brother-in-law. But... I never had the urge, and I'm pretty, I think I'm pretty typical. I never had the urge to use that as a point of activism. But I think Sharpton always does, and he did yesterday. He wants more than an apology from the NFL. Part of his sermon said, the head of the NFL, Roger Goodall, or Goodall, he said, yeah, maybe we was wrong. I'm quoting Sharpton. Football players, maybe they did have the right to peacefully protest, Sharpton said in his sermon. He said, well, don't apologize. Give Colin Kaepernick back his job. Well, I guess that fits in with the tone of the funeral, but it just seemed so unnecessary yesterday. I mean, they have a microphone anytime they want it. The press follows them around breathlessly, Sharpton and all of these guys. But he had to use that moment behind the pulpit at a funeral, Black Lives Matter, they're running into some resistance in California. Central California along the central coast up to the northern part of the state, Black Lives Matter protesters are taking to the streets in some of California's smaller cities, smaller than like San Francisco and Los Angeles. And they're encountering armed individuals, Black Lives Matter, and they're saying, we know what you do, and we're out here to protect our property. We're not going to be aggressive toward you, but if you be aggressive toward us, we're going to take action. That's happening as we speak. Who would have thought we'd see that in America? A.G. Barr, Attorney General Barr, said earlier this week, he said all of this is breeding chaos in our country. It is. I would say that the great divide in America is not political. 
Republicans and Democrats, disagreeing over policy. It's about a fight for the soul and the life of the most blessed, prosperous, and free nation in the history of the world. A nation that's being weighed in the balances as we speak. Michelle Obama says anger is the answer. She went on this viral commencement speech last week. It was underwritten by a number of organizations, Google and others like that. 2020 high school graduates across the nation were unable to have their graduation exercises as they have always done. So Michelle Obama went on. I don't know how many she spoke to. I tried to find the numbers, and I couldn't find them, to be honest with you. And I'm pretty good at that. But I couldn't find how many actually watched. There would be a record somewhere. But she was probably talking to a lot of kids and their families across this country. She said, over these past couple of months, our foundation has been shaken, talking about our country. Not just by a pandemic that stole too many of our loved ones, upended our daily lives, and sent tens of millions into unemployment, but also by rumbling of the age-old fault lines that our country was built on, the lines of race and power that are now once again so nakedly exposed for all of us to grapple with. And she said this. She said, for those of you who feel invisible, please know that your story matters. Your ideas matter. Your experiences matter. Your vision for what can, what our world can be should be, should matter. So don't ever let anyone tell you that you're too angry or that you should keep your mouth shut. Dr. King was, I'm quoting Michelle Obama, Dr. King was angry. Sojourner Truth was angry. Lucerta Mott, Cesar Chavez, the folks at Stonewall. Stonewall is the homosexual activist thing. They were all angry, she says. You should be angry. In the mind of Michelle Obama, anger is the driving force to creating a more perfect union, apparently. In fact, in her view, it's anger that's driving city council members to vote to defund and dismantle local police departments and demonstrators to destroy personal property and denigrate our Constitution. Maybe she's right. Maybe it is anger. I don't know. I thought it was just an honest opinion that differs from our founding fathers, but maybe it's just anger. But is anger the right path? What what in the mind of the radical left would replace our police departments should we dismantle them? Have you ever stopped to think about that? I have. I've given it a little thought myself. On Monday, Kamala Harris, she's said to be one of the top Consideration. She's a senator from California, former prosecutor, I think. She's a lawyer, but I think she was a prosecutor. She's black. She's said to be one of the top considerations for Biden's vice president running maid. Uh, Biden has already promised to pick a black woman or a woman of color, I think he said. I guess that could be brown or, or yellow and Asian. I don't know. But anyway, it's assumed that it, he means black woman. She, along with several others, are under consideration. So here's what she said on Monday on MSNBC. They asked her, they said, okay, well, how will we replace the police department? They weren't, uh, they weren't disagreeing with her. They were agreeing. But how would that be replaced? She said, well, off the top, here's what they would do. This is her thoughts, and her thoughts 
weigh heavily. As I said, she's being considered as a vice presidential uh, candidate with with Biden. She said, off the top, she said, it's actually wrong and backward to think that more police officers will create more safety. What would create more safety? Well, she says, funding our schools, I'm quoting her now, funding our schools so that currently two-thirds of our public school teachers don't have to come out of their back pockets to create school supplies, investing in the economic opportunities of communities, creating jobs. Well, had I been sitting there on on the interview on MSNBC, I would have said, yeah, that's what Trump has been doing, is creating a lot of jobs until the virus. But she continues, and I continue to quote her, making sure all people have access to health care, mental health care. These are the things that create safe communities. So paying school teachers more money, I, I'm not opposed to that. I'm just saying paying school teachers more money, investing in economic opportunities of communities, that will replace and giving access to health care, that means abortion on demand and free health care, government-sponsored health care, socialistic health care. That's honestly what that means. And mental health care. I would agree that mental health care should come into that. But she says those are the things that create safe communities. So they will replace the police department with those kinds of things. So now when you call the police department in the progressive left's world, You'll get a sociologist, a psychologist, or someone who just wants to have a dialogue with you. But what if people are breaking into your house and your windows? Well, we'll 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 have a dialogue. No, I'm not overstating. That's where this goes. But that was lifted from President Obama's plan. How soon we forget? President Obama was making identical statements. I took some time and read what he said in 2014 about this very issue. And he was saying these same words. As a result of this kind of thinking, and these are from the data, the government data, the FBI data. As a result of that kind of thinking, nationwide homicides, when he started talking about this in 2014 and talking about replacing cops with psychologists and social workers. I mean, he used a lot of you know words, but that's what he was saying. When he started talking about that in 2014, homicides started to spike in our country. Up from 12,278 in 2014, they went up to 13,789 in 2015, and 15,318 in 2016. The cops were demoralized. They were told to stand down, step back. The psychologists, the conversationalists or whatever would take over. By the time Trump ran for the presidency, radicals were stalking and killing cops in Dallas, New York, and other cities. It was in the news. And it wasn't random shootings like they were angry and shot a cop, not that that's okay. But, I mean, it was calculated, premeditated. They would set themselves up where they thought a cop would be, and they would shoot them. This was taking place, and many of you will remember that in the news. I do. 
But it's very interesting. What the, what, what the press has not told you, among many other things that they don't want you to know, is that in Obama's last year in office, the death toll from uh, homicides was 15,318. But Trump immediately took action on some of these crazy notions. It fell to 15,195 in Trump's first year in office, then down to 14,123 in his second year. And then in 2019, According to FBI data released in January, just a few months ago this year, murder rates dropped by 3.9% for the first six months of 2019. Compared to the first six months of 2018, robbery dropped 7.4% and rape fell by 7.3% and theft uh, fell by 6.7% and theft fell by 4.2%. In every category, including homicide, when the police felt like they had an advocate, homicide and other crimes begin to fall. And yet these people are attacking this very foundational aspect of our culture and our society. That isn't biblical. I know Nancy Pelosi prides herself in being, you know, a a devout Christian and biblical. And she's said the other here within the last few weeks, I noticed she said, every decision I make is based on on biblical truth. But she doesn't believe in biblical truth. I'm not judging her. I'm simply judging her actions. God knows her heart. But it's not only Nancy, it's all these people. They claim scripture They claim the authority of Scripture. They claim to be acting on Scripture as they expand abortion. God God says that he knew knew you when you were formed in your mother's womb. Is God confused or is the left confused? For me, that's a simple answer. The left is very confused, chaotic. They're breeding chaos with what they're doing in our country today. Attorney General Barr says that all of this is breeding chaos. He talked about it at some length on, I think it was Fox on Sunday. I have the transcript of what he said. He said, I understand, given the history of racial injustice in this country, why the African-American community, or at least some in it, would view the ghastly events in the Minneapolis as manifestations of institutional racism in police departments. But he said, I think, in fact, over the past 50 to 60 years, we've had a lot of reform of police departments. I was attorney general 30 years ago, and he was. And he said, I can tell you there's a world of difference. Today, the police chiefs, the rank and file officers understand the need for change. They're making changes. I think defunding the police, holding the entire police structure responsible for the actions of certain officers is wrong. He doesn't think it's systemic, a word that they use consistently in the media and among the activists, the far-left activists. He said defunding police forces in major cities would lead to increasing chaos. 
The left is desperately confused. They don't understand. They don't even know what they're doing sometimes. Remember that deal I talked about where all these guys came out and they, they kneeled down the other day, day before yesterday, I think it was, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and all these guys. They all kneeled down on the Capitol steps just outside this uh, black uh, heritage uh, part of the building there. Well, they were kneeling. <laughs> I mentioned those scarves that they had around their neck. They all, all were the same, so clearly it was organized. Well, it was. Come to find out that those scarves have very special meaning. There was this woman watching. She's African. She's not an American. I don't know where she lives, if she lives here or in Africa or wherever, but she saw this online. I can't pronounce her name, honestly, and I've spent quite a bit of time in Africa, but I I just can't pronounce her name. I'm not going to try. But anyway, she says she posted on on social media, and she posted, uh, posted a video, which I put in an article that I wrote today at faithandfreedom.us. She said this. She said, I had to say something about the American politicians shameless and ignorantly using the kente fabric as a prop in their virtue signaling. These are her words. I'm usually more mild-mannered than this, so please forgive me. I'm upset. I would, I would encourage you to go to our website and, re, and look at that video. It's her in her own words. But here's what she's saying. She said, I was just looking online today, like most of you, and what did I see? A bunch of Democrat politicians kneeling down, of which I have nothing to say about that because I am not American. However, they were all having around their necks this colorful fabric, which I'm sure they put around their necks as some kind of mark or show of unity or solidarity with black people. She continues saying she understands that putting the scarf, which is kente, K-E-N-T-E, material around their necks is some kind of a placating sign or symbol to show that they are not racist and are together with black people. Then she says, excuse me, dear Democrats, in your tokenism, you didn't find out that this thing that you are hanging around your neck is not just some African uniform. It's actually the Kente material, but belongs to the Gahanian, Ghana, mainly the Ashante tribe. Ironically, the Ashante tribe is associated with Ghana expanding their borders. It was from a small chieftain into an empire, and they called it Ashante. They waged war on their neighbors, expanded their borders, took hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of prisoners, other blacks. These captives, these prisoners of wars, were then sold to European slave traders who would take them to the plantations in the Americans in the West Indies. The fact is that Pelosi and Schumer and the rest of their crew were actually, by virtue of their ignorance, in wearing those scarves, kneeling in solidarity with a group that actually sold the slaves. That's where we are today. They don't even know that. I mean, I didn't know it, but I'm not kneeling on the Capitol steps and I'm not Speaker of the House. These people are running our country in some cases. And much of the radical left does it for show. This African woman got it right. That's what it was about. And that's what much of what we're seeing today is about. Thank you for your support. We could not do this without you. And I know you know that. Thank you so much. 
If you're not supporting us, but you've been thinking about it, you feel you might want to, this would be a good time for you to do so. Please do. Box 399 Bellevue, Washington, 98009. See you tomorrow.